Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. How's everybody doing? Can you give them a hand? And I love my wife. We, um, we just had a marriage event this weekend, and it was so good. And so if you were here, did you have a good time? Yeah, awesome, awesome. We had about 30 couples that gathered, and we just, uh, we, I felt like what the Lord said over us is that he was teaching us how to restore connection and how to main connect, maintain connection. And so it was an awesome Weekend, and so we'll be doing it again probably one more time this year. And so, if you didn't get to make it, you can come back. And if you were like, you know, look, I came, our marriage, you know, we got it, we made some progress, but like Pastor John, our marriage needs a lot of work. So, we'll have another one there for you, and you can just repeat and um, come get some more help. But no, I, I believe um, <clears throat> that healthy marriages produce healthy families. And so it is through family that the Lord wants to bless the earth. And so I believe that's the best thing that we can invest in is our families and marriages, right? So y'all good today? Y'all ready for the word? I'm, uh, I'm glad I get to pull like double duty today. I, every once in a while, I just tell Abby, I'm like, Abby, I'm going to lead worship. It's like every few months I'll do it. And, um, you know, the truth is, is I was, I'm was a worship leader since I was like 14, 15 years old. And whenever the Lord said, I want you to pastor a church, I was like, Lord, I just really like being a worship leader. And uh, he's like, well, you don't have to change that. You don't have to stop leading worship and being a worshiper. And so, um, so I feel like the Lord's kind of redefining that for me where it's like, hey, I get to, I, it's just, I get to pastor, but I get to worship. It's part of what I'll always do. And so thank you for letting me, let me lead worship today. Not that you had a say in it, but... Thank you for worshiping with me. Well, last week I, I spoke about lordship. How many of you remember we talked about Jesus as Lord and, um, and we talked about that when Jesus is Lord, he becomes responsible, right? He takes on responsibility and the time, the places in our life where we don't make him Lord, we actually take responsibility for that thing and Lord help us. If we take responsibility, it is up to us. It's much better when it's up to him. But within his lordship, he will ask us to actually um, to steward and to manage different things, right? So the Lord, you, if you have children, the Lord is lord of your children. They, ultimately, they belong to him. But he allows you to be able to manage and steward them and to grow them and tend to them, right? And so I believe that we actually, all the things that the Lord places in our hands that one day we'll give an account for how we stewarded those things. How you stewarded your marriage and how you stewarded your family and your kids and how you stewarded your job and how you stewarded your character, all those things, you will actually present that to the Lord, Right? And so, but, but I don't believe he is a God that just says, okay, I'm Lord and you're gonna manage this and go figure it out. I believe the Lord actually empowers you. He, he gives you everything you need to live a life that is powerful and that looks like him. He, he is the God that dwells within you. And the, the goal of every human being ever, the ultimate. All right, 
I'm back. So the goal of every human being on the face of planet earth, because you were created by the Lord, will always be to become like him. It's where we started and it's where we should be going. Right? Um, let's go, let, let me do this first. I, wanna, I want to kind of hit on the point that God allows us to steward and manage. There's a story in a parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and it says this. Again, heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 coins, and to a third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. So he's Lord, but he's given you something to manage, each according to your own ability, okay? He's not, doesn't give us all the same thing, but he gives, whatever he gives you, he actually gives it to you according to what the potential is inside of you to be able to manage that. Okay? Y'all with me? Y'all good this morning? So he gives us things to manage. And then, so that's what this master did. And then he says, then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I did this on purpose. I skipped a chunk of the story so I could just tell it. So he has distributed 5,000 coins, 2,000 and 1,000 to each of his servants, right? The master goes off for a long time. He comes back and he is expecting that his servants have managed well what he has given them. And so to the one with 5,000, he comes back and says, Master, look, I've, I've made the right investments. I've done this. I have doubled your money. Gives it to him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant and turn to my joy. Then the same thing with the, with the one who was given 2,000 coins. He said, I, I doubled it. I invested well. I was wise. I, 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 I did what I, you have taught me to do, and I invested, and I did it well, and now I'm presenting you with this. He says, well done. Come into my joy. He's given him inheritance. Then the guy with 1,000 coins, he's a different story, okay? He's, he's the one we're like, oh, man, come on, get it together. But he, he, he did this. This is what he tells the master. It says, then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please, and you are a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. I was afraid. That's important. It's important that he, he was afraid. What he did with what he was entrusted, he operated in fear, okay? Um, then it goes on to say, so I went and I hid your money and buried it in the ground. But here it is, take it, it's yours. He's like trying to make the best of the situation, right? He's like, I still got it, you know? He, it's like, I think this guy knew. He's like, I knew I messed up. And he was trying to be like, look, I still got it. But he was admitting like, hey, I was afraid I, I, with what you gave me, I stepped into fear and I hid it and I buried it just trying to keep what was, what was given to me. And I think a lot of times in our lives is we are reduced by fear and we never step into the full potential that God has for us. If, 
if there's something that is in your heart, a dream the Lord has placed in your heart, and you have said, well, I can't do this because of this or this, fear has reduced you. And, um, and in this today, I, I, I'm, this, this message today is meant to encourage you. We are gonna be talking about living a powerful life today. Um, actually, over the, the marriage event, we talked just a little bit about being a powerful or a powerless person. And today I'm going to expound and unpack that because I believe that the Lord has created you to be a powerful person. It's what it, he is actually, because of who lives inside of you, you are meant to live a powerful life. But I believe that we need to actually bring some definition to that about what that looks like. And then we need to actually talk about what powerlessness looks like. Okay, because I believe sometimes that we have things that we excuses that we make or just we just say, well, this is just what it is. But it's not the Lord's best. It's not his plan. It's not how he made you. And he doesn't want you to normalize those things in your life. Amen. Awesome. But the story goes on. And let's just say it wasn't good for the guy who. Um, who didn't manage well what the Lord had given them. And he basically, the, the, the master says this, take what this guy just hid and give it to the person who managed well. And so today I believe the Lord wants to teach us how to steward and manage well what he has placed in our hands. So God created us to be powerful. You are meant to rule and reign in life. Did you know that? You are meant to rule and reign in life. Um, those who have right identity as sons and daughters are on a path to living a powerful life. God told Adam and Eve to take dominion in the earth. All right. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 through 28 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. This is the, we see the Trinity here. We see the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're having a conversation. They're talking about you and me. And they said, let us make mankind in our image. Meaning this, is, is God powerful? Yes. And you were made in his image. You were meant to be a reflection of who he is in the earth. It is your inheritance. It is who you're called to be. And I believe today the Lord wants to expose every lie that keeps you from becoming who you were meant to be in him. Amen. And then it goes on to say, um, so let us make mankind our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. I like to rule over the fish in the sea. Um, it's like my favorite. And the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and all, over all the cre creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. He's emphasizing it here. He's saying, it was, I created mankind in my own image. In my image, I created them. He's like trying to give, make a point like you were created to look like me. And that doesn't, that it, we think a lot of times, it, well, God must be, you know, does God have blonde hair? That's, it's talking about the very nature of God. It's talking about who he is, is that he made you with the potential to carry his nature. All right? And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, subdue the earth. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So, and then, and then there's this whole other part in Genesis where we see God created all the animals, right? And then he, he brings all the animals to Adam. He says, Adam, one by one, I want you to name them. It's this another picture of God saying, hey, you're a powerful person. I've made you in my image. I, you saw how I created, now you create 
Within my creation, I want you to create. I want you to begin to name these things. And that's God's desire for you, is that he would partner with you. I believe that the body of Christ and believers should be the most creative people on planet Earth because we have a source of creativity. Right? But a lot of times we, we carry this mentality of, oh, no, I just... I just need to be humble. And we have this wrong idea of humility where we self-sabotage and we live lives that aren't looking like him. And I believe the Lord wants to call us to look like him. You know, when, um, when there was Cain and Abel, you know, the two brothers, right? Abel brought a right offering, Cain didn't. Their hearts, Abel's heart was right, Cain's heart was not. And the Lord came and spoke to Cain and he said, Cain, Sin, it knocks on your door. And if you're not careful, it will rule over you, but you rule over it. He told, he told him, you rule over sin. And a lot of times we feel like we're in this battle with oh, sin's just kicking my butt. And the Lord's saying, rule over it, rule over it. Hey, it's knocking at the door. Yeah, it's there, but rule over it, rule over it. Meaning this is that you are not helpless and you are not a victim. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. We are not helpless people. We are not powerless people. There is, they had this, um, that book I shared with you last week, the, the Apostolic Ministry by Rick Joyner. He says this, he actually opens the book with, there is more power in a single Christian than in all the powers of darkness in the entire world. In one Christian, there's more power. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if we would just realize it, we would walk differently. We would respond differently to people. When people say something that is offensive and hurtful, we wouldn't respond with, oh my gosh, like I'm, yeah, they're right, I'm just, I'm just dumb. You'd be like, no, you know what? They're just, they're saying that because they're a powerless person. And maybe as a powerful person, I can impart power and courage into their lives. That's how we are meant to respond because the same spirit, we know who we are. We have an identity as sons and daughters. We're meant to be courageous. And so we shouldn't be tossed around. We shouldn't be just one day, oh, it's this. One day it's good. When it's all good, it's good. But the Lord, because of his empowering spirit in us, we are able to face the good and the bad and the ugly and still be moving forward and upward in him. Amen? That is who you're called to be. I'm not saying there aren't hard things that happen. It's not saying that there aren't tragic things that happen. But at the end of the day, the Lord has put inside of you the ability to live a powerful life despite tragedy and despite hard things, right? That's why the Bible says that you're more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. You're overcomers, right? And, and today, uh, I'm saying this, it's like the Lord has so much grace for us even in the days that where we have bad days or we have off days and we don't believe well, but the Lord is wanting to call us higher. He's always calling us higher. He's always calling us back to himself to operate as a person who, who is made in his image. And so I believe that the Lord wants to destroy every lie that we've come into agreement that has reduced our lives. 
I don't know about you, but like for me, I'm saying, Lord, daily, show me every lie that I've believed. It's not, it's not one of those things where it's like, well, you've got a bunch of lies that you believe and they don't really, they believe everything well. It's not, it's not a competition. This is about each one of us. Yes, we are the body, but each of us taking responsibility individually and saying, Lord, what lie have I believed? Nobody else can do that for you. You've got to bring that to the Lord and invite him into that space. So let's keep going. So his desire is for you to take dominion in the earth that, that he is the Lord of. He is the Lord of the earth, but he asks you to take dominion. So when he is Lord in your life, you will go and get his will and desire and act according to that. That's a powerful life. So let's talk, step into, I've, I've used this language a little bit today, but let's actually break it open. Powerless versus powerful people, okay? Powerful people take responsibility for their choices and decisions. They are aware that God is Lord, but that he has given them control of their lives to steward and manage what has been placed in their hands. We, be, we become powerless when we believe a lie that contradicts God's truth in our lives. I, um, for different reasons in my life growing up, um, I took on this idea that in order for me to do something in my life, I needed someone's permission. And and, and, and in an unhealthy way, okay? In a way where I'm an adult leading my family, but I feel fear in my life to actually make my own decisions and choices because somewhere along along the line, I was taught and I believed that I needed someone else's permission before I could do anything. And I sat down with a friend one day in Baton Rouge years ago, and I was telling him all the reasons why my life was hard and why um, I was unhappy in the place where I was at. And he, he looked at me and he said, hey, John, um, who's in control of your life? And I said, I don't know. And he said, truth is, you are. And he said, God gave you that. And he said, it dishonors him when you place that in anybody else's hands. And the truth was, is I was living a very powerless life because there were desires inside of me that the Lord had put there, but I felt like I needed man's permission to do them. And I'm not saying that you don't surround yourself with wise counsel. That is important. But you have to, we have to be free from the fear of man, man, fear of people, fear of what people think. You cannot please God and man. You can't, and I'm talking about at the core of who you are in your life, what he has called you to. And so I, 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 for me, it completely shook up my world where I said, okay, I actually, amen. I actually take on, respond, I have to be responsible for my life. And I actually am dishonoring the Lord when I don't respond to the desires that he's put in my heart when he's telling me to do something and I feel like I need to co-consult everybody else before I actually do what he's telling me to do. And, and instead, and then whenever it doesn't happen, I begin to lay out all the reasons in my life while it's, uh, why it's other people's fault why things haven't happened, why my dreams haven't come true, 
why desires aren't fulfilled. And I become a very powerless person because I am now the victim because I gave up my right to lead and control the life that the Lord had given me. But many of us live there. Many of us live there. I believe that this is a dynamic in the church that the Lord wants to correct is where in our lives is that we hear his voice and we respond to him. That there, yes, there is in the body of Christ, we submit to one another in love, but we all are responding to each other in powerful ways. Where it's like, I, yes, I can encourage you and I can be encouraged by you, but if you're in a bad place, I have something to bring. And if we're, that, it's not like my position is based off of your position. Um, let, me, let, me, let me show you what it's supposed to look like. Let's go to um, John chapter four, um, start in verse 10. But this is the story of Jesus when he, um, he, he meets the Samaritan woman by the well. And you can go and you can read this entire story. But basically, this woman is a woman that um, she had, I believe it was five different husbands. And the one that she was with, it wasn't her husband. She had lived a traumatic life. She was living a powerless life is that she was being tossed from here to there. And you can actually look in their conversation with her and Jesus, and you can see that her life, she just felt stuck. And Jesus, he comes and he meets her, and he gives her the key to living a powerful life. Y'all ready? Let's read. Y'all can throw it up on verse 10. It says, Jesus replied, oh, let me give a, let me give a, um, the scripture before this, Jesus basically asks this woman, he says, give me something to drink. He was thirsty. And she says, well, um, sir, you don't have anything to draw the water from. Like, why? I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? What are we doing here? And then this is Jesus' reply. You can put it back up. He says, Jesus replied, if you only knew, I believe for some of you, Jesus is saying this to you today. If you only knew. If you only knew, some of you who have been like, it's just tough, I can't get it right, I can't do this, this is going this way, this person, if this person would just get it together, then my life would be great. And Jesus saying, if you only knew, if you only knew who I am, he's saying, if you only know who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, what? If you only knew who he was and the gift he wanted to give you, he said, you'd ask me for a drink. And he said, and I would give you living water. Now this term living water is only, they, they actually, the, the word that's used here for living water is only used for when it is in connection to something that is alive and living. He's saying this, he's saying this living water is meant for a person, it is meant for a living person. And he, then this living water is described as something that, that starts from within, but it gushes up and it comes out. You see, this is what your life is meant to be. As you know him and the gift that he's put inside of you, his Holy Spirit, what it does is it comes from within and it gives you identity and security and purpose, but it can't stay right there. It bubbles up and it overflows and it spews out of your life. That's what your life is meant to look like, is what he's doing inside of you is there's an outward flow that's touching everything around you. 
that not only are you empowered, but you are empowering because of who lives inside of you. Powerful people empower people. Powerless people want to suck you dry because they don't have power. They have to try and live off of yours. And here's the thing about the Lord is that he has made himself equally available to all of us. You have as much of him as you desire. And so we're, none of us, this, and this again, I, I want you to be encouraged, but none of us have excuse. But we have to bring every lie that we've come into agreement with to the cross and allow the Lord to give us right thinking so that we can be who we're called to be. Amen? So, God desires that you find your identity in him. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you hear anything today, the same spirit that, Je that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Amen. Amen. Amen, Bernie. You are forgiven and loved, and this must be settled in our hearts. That's why we have to keep the gospel in front of us. Jesus, this is what he's done every day. I sit down saying, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that you have positioned me rightly to live a powerful life. What am I, please come and allow, the, allow your, your, your Holy Spirit to come and to speak to every place that hasn't been touched by your word and by your goodness and by your love. Come and touch every place. The Lord is wanting to renew you. He's wanting to renew your thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What you believe and what you're in agreement with is what you are going to live out. If, there's a, if there are cycles in your life, if there are bad habits, it's because you have believed something that is in contradiction to truth. Everything, every truth that you come into agreement that's from the Lord, it will lead to you living a powerful life. Every lie you believe will will rend, render you powerless in that area, okay? Um, 1 Peter 3, verse 8 through 9 says, Now this is the goal, to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness toward other believers. Let humility describe you, who, who you are as dearly, dearly love... Oh, let, me, let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. Never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, nor insult those who insult you. How many of you, like I have a hard time with that sometimes, right? It's like, what did you say? <laughs> you know, um, you know the, the, there, there's been plenty of times, like even for my life, where I've heard, through the grapevine, well, this person said this, this person said this about you, this person said this about the church, and, and that thing wants to rise up inside of me and say, you know, who do they think they are? And the truth is, is for us, what humility says, because humility is this, humility is simply knowing who you are and knowing who you're not. Okay, it said, I know who I am and I'm okay with that. I don't have to be anything more and I'm not anything less. Doesn't matter what people say about that. That's humility. There is, there is confident humility. Humility actually, humility doesn't make you fearful. Humility looks like confidence because humility says, this is who the Lord has made me. 
This is who the Lord has made me. And I just simply walk in that. And so it doesn't matter if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you're, you're a terrible pastor. I'm gonna say, you know what? Look, God loves me. He loves me. It's up to him anyways. I don't have to, you know, if he says like, hey, if somebody says, hey, you're this. I don't think you're, you're this or that. Be like, you know what? It, it's okay. I know who I am. I actually, you are not my source of information about myself. Right? The Lord is my source of information about me and everything around me. He is my news source. Okay? You've got to, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting political here at all talking about news, okay? I'm just saying it, it paints a good picture. It's like you trying to pull news. Everybody's got different news, but we should have one source, and that's the Lord for your life, where he's saying, hey, this is who you are. Even when it comes to other people, where he is your source of information about other people, instead of believing what everybody says about everybody else, saying, you know what? My, my, I, I go to the Lord as my source for everything. If it's producing fear and anxiety, then it's probably not the right source, right? And I'm not saying that, again, it's not that you don't need people. It's just that people can encourage you, and you need people in your life. But if, if you have people without the Lord, then you're still powerless. You know, he, is, he has to be your source. And then people can gather around you and add to that, Right? And so when he's your source, you're not tossed back and forth by everything that comes your way. It's like, I've, I'm, I'm solid. I've got my identity, my identity is secure. I'm loved. And whenever I'm feeling off, I don't have to run to everybody else around me first. I just have to run back to the source and get it right. Okay? Um, it goes on to say, Instead, respond by speaking a blessing over them because a blessing is what God has promised to give you. So again, it's this picture of like God has promised you something and he's given you something and you give out of that. When you haven't been receiving from him and you don't have anything to give, then all that's left is to insult back. But when you've been feeding on him, there's already blessing inside of you and so that's what's coming out. Right? All right, Jesus. Um, let's do this. So I, I believe that the path to humility is recognizing your utter need for God. That's the path to humility. Maybe you're saying, look, I don't know how to be humble. Um, it starts with you recognizing your need for God. So for you, if you're saying, listen, I'm struggling in knowing who I am, for you, the starting point is saying, Lord, I need you. I need you to become Lord and define completely who I am. It might mean that I have to forget everything I knew about me and say, Lord, I need you to define that. And that produces humility inside of you. And God gives grace to the humble. Grace is an empowering word. Grace is a word, it, it is the undeserved favor of God, but it is the empowering. Grace empowers you for something. And so humility calls for grace and grace empowers you to live a powerful life. All right? So it starts with our, our, us saying we need you, right? Which leads to right identity, 
right, rightfully knowing him, knowing who he is, which, and knowing who he is, that is like his grace. It's like, as I see him, it's like grace upon grace. If I see him, I can become like him. You become what you behold. And, uh, and to be like him, again, is to be powerful. It is to subdue and to, to, it is to reign in life. And not over people, but just with what he's given you. You don't have to rule over everything. You just have to rule and reign with what he's given you. Some of you are like, well, I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm. Some of you, you've been trying to be powerful in somebody else's garden. And you need to just be able to say, Lord, what have you placed within my hands? What have you given me? What is from you? What, what, what does lordship look like in my life? And what have you asked me to manage? What have you asked me to steward? And teach me, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to steward well, right? All right. I want to have, let, let's, let's do this. I want to, do we have the... Um, the list, okay. I'm just gonna give a little example of powerful people versus powerless people, just to paint a picture, okay? So here we go. Powerful people have self-control. Powerless people attempt to control others. Powerful people lead by example. Powerless people lead by fear. Powerful people take responsibility. Powerless people blame others. Powerful people forgive and move forward. Powerless people always feel like the victim. Powerful people create healthy environments. Powerless people create chaos. I believe that powerful people, when, when we are who the Lord has made us to be, is we create these environments. If I see people trying to take pictures of this, so I'm gonna get out the way. So much easier than writing it down, right? But I believe that, I, I believe this is that you as powerful people were meant to create environments wherever you go. You were meant to create environments in which people can actually be empowered to become who they are in the Lord. I believe that the Lord, when, when parents are powerful people in their homes, they raise powerful children. I believe kid, children, I believe people who are powerless many times learn to be powerless in their home. That's why it's important for us as parents to live powerful lives, right? All right. Powerful people earn, earn respect by showing respect. Powerless people demand respect. Powerful people empower others. Powerless people restrict others. Powerful people, this is a big one. Powerful people have a big yes and no's. So they have a big yes and a big no. They're decisive. You ever had somebody where you ask them something, they're like, I'll let you know. And you're like, so it's a maybe. And, it's like, and they, they just struggle to make a decision. And it's like, how do I have relationship with you? How can, we, how can we move forward together? And you can't in that way. Is that the Lord wants you to have a big yes and a big no. Like some of you, you have a hard time telling people no. And if you're gonna have big yeses, you have to have big no's. If you're gonna ma manage and steward well what the Lord's given you, you've gotta know the garden he's given you so that you again are not trying to tend someone else's. You have to have big yeses and big no's. It is okay to tell people no. Some of you need to hear that. It is okay to tell people no. 
all right? But it's also good to really love big, okay? It's also good to give generously, but be led by the Lord. He'll teach you, okay? But he wants you to be decisive. Um, powerless people, they struggle to commit. Powerful people choose love, and then powerless people love because they're dependent. Their, their love is dependent on how, how we're doing. You said what? I don't love you anymore. You did what? I'm not feeling like I love you today. Powerful people will say, you know what? Despite you, I choose you. Because what you do doesn't determine how I feel about myself. And so that empowers me to love you at your worst and at your best. Even in our marriages, I believe that's what it should look like. Is that, hey, you, you, you didn't do that thing I thought you were gonna do, but I choose to love you. How does, how does the Lord love us? It's his goodness that leads us to repentance, right? It was always his goodness that caused us to change. It was never, it was never um, that he came and he gave us a big whopping spanking and then we were like, all right, I'll do better, God. And we might do better for a little bit if that happened, but I guarantee you that doesn't change anything. It's his goodness that changes the way you think. And so even today, as we're wrapping up, I believe that some of you, you need to invite the goodness of the Lord into your life. Allow him to actually be good to you so it can change the way you think. How do we become powerful people? If you say this, there are some places in my life or maybe all around I've lived powerless. How do we become powerful? Repentance. That's in church a lot of times, that's the bad R word, right? But repentance is a beautiful thing. It's this beautiful, why? Because it's his goodness that repentance means to change the way you think. So repentance is this, this place where I have encountered the goodness of God and it is, it is drawing me to something better than what I've been doing and what I've been believing. And so what happens is there's a part of repentance where the Lord is actually helping identify lies that you have believed so that you can come out of agreement with that and believe what he's actually said. So that's the first thing. Some of you, you need to go and be with the Lord in the secret place and say, Lord, please uncover the lies that I've believed. That's your, that's your homework. That's your life work, okay, is to just be in the secret place with him and say, Lord, uncover every lie that I've believed so that I can come into truth. And the truth does what? It sets you free. What does his lordship do? It sets you free, right? His culture is freedom. His cult, the, the, the culture of the Father and, the, and him as Lord is freedom in your life. And so whenever you have come and made him Lord and invited him into spaces, you receive truth and the truth brings you into the culture of freedom. Amen? How many of you want that for your life? Okay. So the second thing is this, is pursue becoming powerful. I'm not saying that you're making a power grab. That's not it. You're not ruling over people. But within the realm that the Lord's given you, with the garden that he's placed you in, like he placed Adam and Eve in a garden, right? The Garden of Eden. And he said, I want you to rule and reign here. He's placing you in a, he, there are things within the realm of what he is lording over in your life that he's given you responsible, it's responsibility in. And he's saying, I want you to pursue in that place being powerful. 
I want you to pursue in that place making right decisions. Not, not letting, I want you to remove all the outside voices that have been speaking into that or you self-destructing in that place and I want you to make me Lord and I want you to pursue being a powerful person in this. I want you to stop blaming others. It's not their garden, it's your garden. Okay? Nobody else gets to criticize your garden because he's Lord of it and he gave it to you. You don't have to have anybody else's garden. Stop comparing your garden to the other people's gardens. Just manage your garden well. That is living a powerful life. Now, guess what? Your garden does get to bless other people's gardens. Does that, does that picture make sense for our lives, right? Um, so two things, live a life of repentance and pursue becoming powerful. Okay, two things. Usually I'd give you three, but I thought two got the job done, so made it easy. Two things. Let's, uh, will you stand with me this morning? And Brian, if you'd come and play, and Sully, come and want us to lead us just in a little bit of worship, just to allow the Lord to let this saturate in our hearts. But I want to, I want to end today with reading this scripture. And... Um, I, I want to ask this. Would you just close your eyes with me? And I just want to, you to allow just the word of God to just penetrate your heart and allow him to make this your reality, okay? It says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more also than that who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also is also interceding for us. You need to know God is for you today. God is for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? I believe he is wanting to bring about security in your life where it's like, some of you said, well, this has happened that God is saying, if I am for you, what could ever stand against you? And then he says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So you are safe and secure in him and you are fully loved. You are fully loved. It says, Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, say in all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It takes this, is we are the ones who he loved. Because I'm loved by him, the power to be more than a conqueror resides right here in me. It resides right here in me. Why? Because he loves and cares for me. I'm safe and secure in him. I am found in him. I'm not found in what's happening in the world today. I'm not found by all the other voices. I'm not even found by my spouse. I'm found in him. I'm found in him. He is my security. He is the one who I am his beloved. I am his beloved. And because of that, I can be more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. 
Then it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, this morning, we just come to you. You are Lord. And Lord, we, we place before you, even the ones that we aren't aware of, we place the lies that we've believed before you. Holy Spirit, come and uncover every lie that has rendered us powerless so that we can come into truth and believe you for who you are and what you've said about us. Thank you that we were made in your image. Thank you that we don't come here as beggars. We don't come here as the lowest of the earth. We come as those who you love. We come as your beloved this morning, not because of our good things, but because of your goodness. You love us despite us. And so today we receive your love. We say today about ourselves, what you have always said about us is that you love us and you want us, that we are made in your image. So today, Lord, we just ask that you would uncover every lie and that you would bring us into truth so that we can be the powerful people that you made us to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your church. Thank you that we are your body. Thank you that you love us and you want us and you have asked us and have called us, Lord, to live powerful lives that are touching every place we go. Lord, let your people be encouraged today in the depths of their hearts. Jesus, we invite your love to come and pierce through every lie, every doubt, every fear. Come and have your way. Jesus' name. And I just wanna do this. I want it to just take just two minutes. And I, I'm gonna ask that these guys would just lead us for a couple minutes in a song. And I just want you to place your heart before the Lord and I want you to receive his love for you. My prayer for you this morning is that you would have a deeper revelation of his love for you. That would bring you into security and that would bring you into a powerful life. So we invite you.
more time we tell him we love Jesus for your presence this morning. I just bless your people. I bless them with your peace and your joy. I bless them with courage today, Lord. Bless them with revelation of who you are. I thank you as they go, Lord, that they're, um, that they're going to the secret place with you, Lord, and that you are birthing new things and fresh life inside of them. So today, Lord, release courage in their hearts to run after you, to pursue you, to know you, to become who they are in you. So we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.